The world's biggest tech companies just agreed to combat AI-generated election fraud. So is this accord just symbolic or will it deter bad actors? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. Hello and welcome. Coming up, Amazon has joined rocket maker SpaceX and grocery chain Trader Joe's in claiming that a U.S. labor agency's house enforcement proceedings violate the U.S. Constitution. But first... Major technology companies signed a pact to voluntarily adopt precautions to prevent artificial intelligence tools from being used to disrupt democratic elections around the world. The executives gathered to announce a new framework for how they will respond to AI-generated deepfakes that deliberately attempt to trick voters. For more, let's bring in Oz Sultan, the chief strategist with the Sultan Interactive Group. Hi, Oz. Thanks so much for joining us today. So uh, executives from Meta, Microsoft, OpenAI, TikTok, and other companies, they gather to sign this accord. What is it and will it make a difference? So this is basically a compact. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it the Munich Compact because uh, there isn't really a good name for it yet. Uh, it basically says that these companies, social media and artificial intelligence, and it includes big corporate players like IBM as well, are going to focus their efforts to prevent uh, you know, the malignment of the democratic election process, and, and not just here in America, but internationally, uh, over the course of this cycle and cycles moving forward. The, the challenge that I have, um, and a lot of this touches on things that get posted by Eliza Blue on uh, Twitter, is that if you look at what all of the social media companies promised for the past 15 years around anti human trafficking, uh, child exploitation, these types of things, um, they haven't been successful. Okay. And more often than not, they get hauled in front of Congress. Uh, they get they asked to testify on these things. And again, it becomes sort of Pyrrhic victories. It's like we promised a bunch of stuff, but we didn't deliver anything. Uh, the challenge that you have is, okay, great. The compact is signed, but what's going to materialize from this? Are we going to have tools that are rolled out by which you can actually identify deepfake content? Is there going to be artificial intelligence watermarking that's native to these platforms? And what do you, you know, the biggest problem is what do you do about when people load these LLMs, the, the AI tools themselves locally on their own machines and generate that content so it can't be tracked? None of that was really spoken to. And I think that's a, a larger problem. This is a good start, but they're going to have to put some teeth to this in order for it to actually, you know, have some traction. Now, following the agreement, Meta released a statement saying that no one tech company, no one government and no one civil society organization is able to deal with the advent of this technology and its possible nefarious use on their own. Should we take pause in moving forward with more AI generated capabilities or is this just here to stay? 
I think it's here to stay. You know, we're looking at new generative AI tools uh, that are basically hitting the market between now and the end of the year. Um, very soon, you're going to see OpenAI release tools that will literally allow you to type, you know, from a prompt. Uh, you know, I'd like to see myself on the beach, um, you know, inside of some sort of game context. And they're using the Unity software engine to render all this stuff in real time. So so things that were very difficult to build previously can now be quickly concepted into, you know, video segments or or segments that are actually developed on top of a gaming platform. This is going to revolutionize not just how we're looking at AI, but also how this interacts with consumer content, media, and news, right? Because there, there's going to be a tremendous uh, more opportunity for fakes to come out. Um, the, the challenge I pose back to Meta is, you know, I, I sit on the board of XRSI, and um, XRSI has worked with Interpol and a variety of other organizations on figuring out, like, exactly how do we protect the kids, and, and more often than not, how do we protect um, democratic processes and corporations from, you know, just massive deep fake actors uh, across the world, and, and many of these are are hacking groups that are using bots, but on the opposite side of this, uh, some of it's just you know malicious fun. Um, the the mix that you're going to have inside of this is: do these companies actually do something that's more than lip service? Um, do they do something that actually affects policy on their platforms? And what are they actually going to be doing in, in order to filter this information and prevent this information from becoming mainstream? Because currently, the only thing that people can do is really kind of guess and second guess. And, and we've seen this with the, the AI robocalls in New Hampshire with Biden's fake voice. Uh, we've also seen this um, with, you know, a variety of, of fake content over the course of the past year. Uh, so, you know, I think the onus is really on the tech companies at this juncture uh, and then secondarily in the legislatures. So speaking about that, currently there is no federal regulations in place in the United States to combat fake artificial intelligence generated political videos or photos. The 2024 presidential election season is underway. It doesn't appear that they'll pass any meaningful legislation, does it, before then? You know, we, we've got a break um, that's uh, rolled out, and I, I think if they can get something through committee onto the floor uh, that, again, doesn't have a whole bunch of, of pork tied into it, because we're seeing this with appropriations bills, we're seeing this with defense bills, we're seeing this with international funding bills right now, that the stuff just keeps getting shoved in and both sides can't agree. And it plays out negatively in the press. The The big issue here is going to be what can be done to, you know, make sure that inside of the democratic process that the fake content either gets filtered or identified, right? Because the average consumer isn't going to be able to, to do that by themselves. And in many cases, if they hadn't seen something or heard about something and they're not willing to do the research, then it just becomes something that they believe. And, you know, we've seen a mixture of this, uh, even coming out of like the Israeli Gaza situation, coming out of the situation in Ukraine, coming out of the Russia situation, uh, there's a lot of deep fake content out there now. Um, when it starts hitting the the bulk of the election cycle, you know, one of two things is going to happen: either Biden's going to issue an executive order, or Congress is going to to jump to act. But unfortunately, I think it may take another Taylor Swift AI faked porn moment 
um, in order for the legislatures to get themselves in gear to actually tackle something like this. Uh, because until it affects them personally or impacts one of their races, for someone that's currently elected, they may not take this as seriously as they should. Ah, Sultan with the Sultan Interactive Group. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Former President Donald Trump has been ordered to pay $354.9 million in penalties for what a New York judge has deemed as fraudulently overstating his net worth to lenders. Trump and his legal team say they will appeal the ruling. A New York judge on Friday ordered Donald Trump to pay $354.9 million in penalties for duping and defrauding lenders for more than a decade. Capping off the massive civil fines, Justice Arthur Engeron also banned Trump from serving as an officer or director of any New York corporation for three years. The massive penalty is the result of a civil lawsuit against Trump brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James, who accused the former president and his family business of falsely inflating his net worth by billions of dollars in order to fool bankers into lending him money at lower rates. Trump has denied wrongdoing and called the case a political vendetta by James, an elected Democrat. Trump is expected to appeal Friday's ruling by Engeron. The civil fraud case could deal a major blow to Trump's real estate empire as the businessman-turned-politician leads the race for the Republican nomination to challenge Democratic President Joe Biden in the November 5th U.S. election. Friday's ruling came after a contentious three-month trial in a Manhattan courtroom. During defiant and meandering testimony in November, Trump conceded that some of his property values were inaccurate but insisted banks were obligated to do their own due diligence. He frequently used his occasional court appearances as impromptu campaign stops, delivering incendiary remarks to reporters and insisting his enemies are using the courts to prevent him from retaking the White House. Trump is cruising to the Republican nomination despite a host of other legal troubles. He is under indictment in four criminal cases, including two cases about efforts to subvert his 2020 election defeat and one in New York related to hush money payments he made to a porn star. The judge overseeing that case on Thursday set a March 25th trial date. Trump has pleaded not guilty in all four cases. Amazon has joined rocket maker SpaceX and grocery chain trader Joe's in claiming that a U.S. labor agency's in-house enforcement proceedings violate the U.S. Constitution. This as the retail giant faces scores of cases claiming it interfered with workers' rights to organize. It is a nearly 90-year-old independent federal agency whose mission is to protect workers' rights. But lately, the U.S. National Labor Relations Board is also working to protect itself. This week, Amazon, currently embroiled in a case with the NLRB, became the latest company to claim the agency's in-house enforcement proceedings violate the U.S. Constitution. Elon Musk's rocket maker SpaceX and grocery chain Trader Joe's have made similar allegations. In a filing, Amazon said specifically that it plans to argue that the NLRB's unique structure violates the online retail giant's right to a jury trial. Amazon has been accused of illegally retaliating against workers at a warehouse in the New York City borough of Staten Island, where employees voted to unionize in 2022. 
Amazon, which has faced more than 250 NLRB complaints alleging unlawful labor practices across the country in recent years, has denied wrongdoing. SpaceX made similar claims in a lawsuit filed last month, one day after the labor board accused the company of firing eight engineers for criticizing Musk in a letter to company executives. Trader Joe's raised the arguments later in January at a hearing in an NLRB case, and two Starbucks baristas seeking to dissolve their unions have challenged the board's structure in separate lawsuits. An NLRB spokeswoman declined to comment. At least one union lawyer, who works with both Amazon and Trader Joe's employees, is worried, telling Reuters that the growing number of challenges to the NLRB make it more likely the issue will reach the U.S. Supreme Court, whose conservative majority has signaled its skepticism of other U.S. agencies' in-house proceedings. Stay with us. More Ticker coming up.